Hey, before we even get started, I really I want to talk to the realists that are listening. Yo, if you consider yourself a realist, dog, take a break. Take a break. I want to let you know now. This book, this is a little bit outside of reality. I mean, reality ain't that fun all the time, but take a break. Just take a break until the end of this series, okay? Until when we're in with when we're done with this book, you could go back to all your realism and all of your reality-based beliefs. I mean, let's bro, let's let's get a little imaginative here, okay? Thank you. Not that I would know from personal experience, but I hear reading while driving is kind of dangerous, and that's why I love using Audible so much. So I thought it would be great to bring that value to you. All you have to do is go to the link in the show notes for Audible, sign up for the free trial. You get a book for the free. Just for signing up. No commitments or anything like that. I thought that would just be cool. Tell them Austin sent you. And shout out to my man, Cafo the Sensei, for making this beautiful song called I Could Feel It In My Spirit off of his album, Today I Found Peace. us. My name is Jabril Edmondson. And I'm Deshaun Gilchrist. And with Royalty Headwear, we wanted to create convenient and functional products that actually improve hair care and hair health. That's right. Health is very important to us. So with the products that we give you guys, we want to include hair healthy recipes that both nourish the inside of your body while making the outside look great. So right now we have our two products. And with those two products, we wanted to improve on three things. Convenience, compression, and comfort. With our first product, the Royalty Rag, it's the first one-strap do-rag. Velcro on the strap made of a soft spandex for maximum convenience, compression, and comfort. And with our second product, the Royalty Cap, we've created a sleep design on a wave cap that comes with an elastic band to make sure you guys have both security and comfort. Your hair is an integral part of your look. Wear it, respect it, and let us care, care for, for your crown. Yo, I'm Austin Sanders, and this is Polyonymous Podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking about a book that I really like and how it influenced my thoughts. Let me warn you now, with each book, I'm going to get a little smarter. And you are too, because that's just how reading works. So last year, I had decided to get into boxing because that always seemed kind of fun to me. I have a football background, and I realized I, I definitely have an affinity for controlled violence. So I got into boxing, and they had strength and training there too, which made it even better. And I used to go there, and in between the workouts or amidst the workouts, I, I talked to my trainers because they was pretty cool people too. And they were pretty big on you know certain topics I was into, like psychology and entrepreneurship and such. And I was talking to him just about business. I was talking to uh, my boxing trainer. He he owned a gym as well. And I was, we were just talking about doing business. And he said, dude, if you ever want to get into business, man, there's one book you got to read, man. He said, it's changed my whole life. And the book was called The Secret by someone named Rhonda Byrne. And I was like, oh, word. Like, what what about it? He said, dude, it's dude. It, it just applies to everything. You just got to go read it. 
I didn't press him on any more information. But I was like, okay, you know, I'll put a little bookmark in there. I didn't go read it, but you know, it, it was on my mind, right? The, the seed had been planted. So in a related story, but it wasn't at the same time. It was, a, it was at a different time in that year. I had just been scrolling through YouTube and I saw a video. Um, I think the title was like, how to take $200 and turn it into a hundred thousand. And I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty cool thing to do. So I clicked on the video. And there was this dude named Derek Grace, right? He had a bunch of face tats. He had these them big Florida locks, those uh, uh the wicks. That's what they call the wicks. And he had the wicks, and buddy was just talking. And he said, "Dog, look, he, like he was just talking about the the power of pre-orders and how you could get a graphic designer to to make some mock-ups, do the pre-orders, and then kind of keep flipping it like that." And I was like, you know, this is a pretty feasible little plan right here. I I like the way the guy, I like the way his mind worked because he wasn't overcomplicating the information. He was kind of just presenting it in a way that was, it was graspable for me. And I enjoy when I could grasp some information. So I started following him and um, he had wrote this this big autobiography. And I decided to get it because I mean, buddy seemed pretty interesting. I wanted to know what, what events led him to, to look the way he does, to talk the way he does, to, to move and groove the way in which he moves and grooves. And in the book, he was talking about reading three books before he jumped all the way into into starting his own businesses. and. From the outside looking at his businesses look pretty good. It looked like he it looked like Buddy doing his thing. Those three books were Contagious, How Things Catch On by Jonah Berger, The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, and The Celestine Prophecy by somebody named James Redfin. But see, that was the second time I had gotten the suggestion of reading The Secret. And really, honestly, I kind of moved this way. Like if I get two recommendations on the same book from people that I believe don't know each other. I'm like, all right, yeah, this was this was meant to be. One thing I really appreciated about this book was how fast they got to the point. They told you exactly what the secret was on page number four. That's not wasting any time. Right, they, they, I think they literally said, you're probably wondering, what's the secret? And I thought to myself, you know, that's exactly what I'm wondering. And they said, the secret is the law of attraction. And I thought about it because it sounded familiar. And I've, I've heard this concept a couple times. I, I heard it in a Kevin Gates song. I can't even remember when or what song. It was like maybe around 20, maybe around like 2015, 16 or something like that. But... I also heard it from one of my homies named Terrence. And you know, he brought it up at a time where I wasn't quite ready to accept that information because I don't even remember what, what, the, what the conversation was, was centered around, but I remember him saying, Austin, dude, everything that has happened to you in life is a result of your thoughts. Exactly where you are in life is a result of what you've been thinking about. And I was like, hmm. I don't know. I was, you know, I was kind of turning it over in my mind and I'm an extremist at heart. So I went to the extreme. I thought, Hmm, what about slavery? Right. Cause then I was like, you can't tell me a, a bunch of Africans was just sitting around thinking, man, what if I get enslaved and take it to a whole nother nation? Right. So I was like, no, nah, I don't know about that. I, eh, that. That doesn't sit well with me, but 
basically when I stopped thinking about it that extremely, when I really opened my mind to the information a little bit later on in life, it made more sense. Ironically, that's that's kind of the point of the book. What you open your mind to happens, you know? You find what you're looking for. At least that's what I got from it overall. But I'm really only focusing on chapters one through three in this four big statements stuck out to me. One was the law of attraction is like a magnet. The other is like attracts like. The third one is thoughts become things. And the fourth is feelings are a signal to what you're attracting. So back in high school, this is around, I say 2014. I was, I was a junior in high school at that time, right? And I was playing football. And I remember my dad had hit me up and he was like, yo, you, you're trying to go to college, right? And I was like, yeah, man, you know, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. And my dad, he'd been a freelance photographer for the majority of his life. And he doesn't really know too much about sports, doesn't really care too much about sports. He was just, you know, calling me to, you know, do, do his fatherly duties, make sure I'm Make sure I'm on some kind of track. And he was like, well, he said, have you have you been applying to some of the schools that you that you want to go to? And I told him no. And he was like, hmm, well, why not? You know, <laughs> which is a it's a very reasonable thing to ask somebody. But my junior year, I, I didn't I didn't exist in that space. I was playing football. And as far as I could even imagine, the only thing I was going to do was get a football scholarship and play football in college. That was it. Like that was what was going to happen. That was my reality. And I had told my, I didn't even know how to explain this to him because I was actually a little offended that he asked me the question, did I apply to school? Which, you know, not very reasonable, but I wasn't very reasonable my junior year. And I told him, I was like, well, dad, no, I, I, I'm not going to apply because to be honest, I'm, I'm too good at football to have to apply to school like regularly like somebody's gonna hit me up and they're gonna offer me uh they're gonna offer to pay me to go to school to play football like that's that's just how that's gonna work and he was like yeah well i mean that's cool but what if like do you have what if that doesn't work and then he was like do you have do you have any offers right now and i was like no and he said well you know what's what's going on here like what what are you gonna do you're just gonna you're just gonna wait and hope and see. And I was I was just so offended in my heart. I said, I can't believe this guy doesn't see what I see. That's nuts, right? Now, realistically, I didn't get, now I got some D2 offers maybe, I think maybe early my senior year, but signing day was in February. And for the uninitiated, signing day is a colossal time in a young athlete's life because that is the day everybody is presenting their proof to tell people, hey, I'm really good at what I do. That right there is the, that's where you hang your hat on, really. Hey, I have these offers. These people want me to do this job for them, and they have offered me such. This proves that I am the one. I'm Neo. I'm great at this. And I didn't have any offers the week before signing day. No, well, no, D1 offers, because D1 means that you... No, you're top of the top. In my mind, you know, I definitely did start getting some doubts. But for the most part, I was just like, man, 
I'm gonna get this offer. Like that's just what's gonna happen. Three days before signing day, I got some some a school hit me up. They was division one. They said, Hey, we trying to we trying to sign you. You you trying to come? I said, Yep, send the papers. And it happened, right? And in my mind it seemed very pedestrian, but now that I now that I read the secret and it's talking about thoughts becoming things, and then I read as a man thinketh, and it's talking about the mind being soil and you plant certain seeds and the attention that you give these seeds is what grows i'm thinking was it the lack of doubt that allowed me to get this scholarship like it i still thought i still believed is that an example of like attracting like i thought about getting a scholarship the scholarship came i didn't think about other things really my mind was really preoccupied with doing good at football and then i got good at football I thought more about the, the specific phrasing of like attracting like, how it sounds like birds of a feather flock together, which is one of those old adages that people use all the time. And I think a lot of cliches don't even get to be cliches unless there's some truth to them. Because you know, if, if no one is seeing this thing actually happen, they're not going to repeat it. It's not gonna survive into another generation for the most part. It, gotta be, it has to have some kind of truth to it for people to even care enough to keep speaking about it. But then I thought back to high school and really, the only people I was really hanging out with were other large black football players. All I knew was large black football players. So whenever I had a question to ask, I would almost get the same, I would get the same opinion that I would give basically. It was it was an echo chamber. It was, it was a huge echo chamber. And it wasn't until I got to college, when I got to college, I thought to myself, I want to meet other people. Like I want to meet different kinds of people. And that thought gave birth to me meeting a bunch of different people from different backgrounds with different information to give. I started meeting people that didn't play sports. I started meeting people with artistic backgrounds. I started hanging out with women that I wasn't trying to have sex with. So then I could actually hear the thoughts that they were given. I could hear their perspective. Then my perspective grew as a result. And I was like, man, all right, well that checks out because you know you got to you got to turn around on your head and really compare it to that life experience to see. I mean, do I even feel this? One specific story they told in a book where they was talking about somebody running late. They were saying that when you're running late, have you ever noticed that you get caught by every red light? You get caught in traffic. It's always something happening when you're running late to make you later then they pointed attention to the thoughts that you have when you're running late he said most people that are running late are thinking i don't want to be late 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 but then they they pointed out that the law of attraction doesn't it really doesn't listen to words of negation like not or no right it listens to what you're focusing on so when you're saying i don't want to be late you're focusing on the prospect or the possibility of you being late to something. And that thought makes all the other things going on around you move in a specific direction to make to bring you closer to that thought. It's like you're magnetizing lateness. You're, you're magnetizing the tardiness. And when I really thought about that, I remember my mom told me that when I was a kid, she said, it seemed like you, when you're running late for something, everything happens to make you mold late that's when you get hit with all the slow cars driving in front of you and every red light and i was like man has this you know what 
this has been happening my entire life. They, they spoke about the law of attraction as being a law of the universe or a, just a, a general law like the law of gravity. They were saying it, it doesn't discriminate. If you jump off of a building, whether you are a good person or a bad person, you will hit the ground. It is a law and has to be abided by, which is exactly how they're describing the law of attraction. Whether you're a good person or a bad person, your thoughts determine what happens. If you're thinking good things, good things will happen. If you're thinking bad things, bad things will happen. If you're thinking about doubt, doubt will happen. The more I opened my mind to my mind being able to control so many things, it made me a little nervous. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So now I gotta, now I got, do I need to police every little thing that I'm thinking about? Because that's, what if I think something negative? Does that mean something's coming for me? But then they were saying, you ain't even got a trip on that. Because first there's a time delay. You don't think something then happens immediately. It's what you give the most attention to. It's what you put the most focus into. And then they, they said, we're, we always have a frequency that we're, that we're attracting at all times. And he said a, a wonderful way to, to be able to know the exact frequency you're attracting is tuning into how you feel, like exactly how you feel in a given moment. Are you happy? You're attracting happy things. Are you sad? You're attracting sad things. Are you angry? It means you're attracting angry things. And I thought about emotional, like the emotional manipulation that we do. Because, you know, in this day and time, you really could, you could choose the way you feel in many, many different situations. Some would, some would say you could choose the way you feel in every situation, right? But that's pretty hot level. We ain't even, I ain't even gonna talk about that right now. But like, I was thinking about just certain kinds of music that, that people listen to. Shoot, okay, so the music I was listening to, a few, honestly, I, I, I was listening to the same kind of music my entire life with the exception of maybe the last two or three years when I started really intentionally trying to feel specific kinds of ways. But I really was only listening to rap. I was listening to rap and maybe a little bit of R&B, but that's really it. But then I thought about the contents of the music I was listening to, right? A lot of shoot 'em up, bang, bang, kill, kill stuff, right? So a lot of things I would think when I would go certain places, shoot, every, every party I went to in high school, I think every party I went to in high school, except for maybe maybe one of the last ones, my senior year, all of I didn't even know how parties ended because I thought the way they ended was either by shooting or police shutting it down. I never seen people like, hey, hey, we appreciate you guys coming out, but uh, it's time to go. I've never seen a party conclude that way because I, I didn't even know they happened that way. And I'm thinking, was it because of my norm? very last thought that really came across my mind was where have I seen this in history right because I'm like if this was a law it means that it's been here since the beginning of you know, since the beginning of days and I'm like okay where do I see this at right and I remember I was I was talking to my partner DZ and for whatever reason we was we were talking about elementary school and he was saying you know there was this there, no no it was middle school but he was saying you know there was this dude in his middle school, I can't even remember buddy's, buddy's nickname, but he had got held back a little bit. 
being held back, he was a little bigger than everybody. He was bigger. He was more physically developed, taller, all that stuff. And he had a temper. So he said one day in class, Buddy decided to, to, to beat someone up, right? They were fighting. And the guy that got held back, he, I mean, he was getting the best of him. He, he was really putting it to Buddy. And he said to end this, this, this crazy combination that he was throwing at that young man, he grabbed a pencil and stabbed him in the face. DZ said, yo, after he stabbed that guy in the face in middle school, I literally never left the house without some kind of weapon on me because I didn't want that to happen to me. And I thought, yo, is that how everything has worked? So where that took my mind was there's this concept called the prisoner's dilemma, right? And my understanding of the prisoner's dilemma is, let's say, let's say you're in prison, right? If everyone is in prison, it would make a lot of sense for everybody to work together, right? It would make a lot of sense for everybody to just make this a peaceful place so that we can all experience peace and have a good time. But people's thoughts are, what if this dude over here isn't trying to be peaceful? What would he do? Shoot, what if, what if he's planning something right now? What if he's planning to attack me right now? I can't let that happen. I, well, I gotta, I gotta go attack him first. And that thought is happening in everyone's mind. So somebody's gonna act on this thought. And the person that gets attacked is gonna think, you know what, I knew it. I knew they were gonna attack me and I can't let this happen again. So it creates a momentum. It, it creates like a never ending cycle of people attacking first so they don't have to worry about getting attacked first. It's like a, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I'm like, what? You know, that I could see the law of attraction being that kind of thing you think in violence so you are beginning violence and then that makes sense why certain violent environments stay violent because when people see something it plants that seed in their head right going back to the four agreements they were talking about what you give attention to is where those seeds get planted in your mind said the same thing and as a man thinking if you don't tend your garden which is your mind then you'll let weeds grow or you'll let other people plant in your garden that's something to think about. And before I go, I'd like to say thank you for listening. But more importantly, I want to say that you should do the reading yourself. I make this thing sound fun because I'm blessed with spectacular vernacular, but when you do the reading yourself and put the information into your own words, it's like taking ownership over the knowledge. And there's nothing more important than having your own understanding. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to. And if you would like to help the podcast grow, send this episode to someone you think will appreciate it. And go to our affiliate link in the show notes and buy the book. Shout out to Willie F1 for making this beat for me. I appreciate you, brother. This show was recorded and edited by me, Austin Sanders, the Oracle Orator, the Corduroy's Cavalier, the Epiphany Enabler, right here in Warner Robins, Georgia. You can follow the show at Polyonymous Pod, and don't even worry about it. I know it's a big word, but hold on, we're going to walk through this. So you take the word anonymous, you take off the A-N and replace it with poly. So P-O-L-Y-O-N-Y-M-O-U-S pod. And there you go. 
I want to give a special shout out to my brother, GFM Dutto, for providing the opening and closing songs used on this podcast. The opening song is called Grande, and the closing song is called Purpose. Both are on his latest album, Since Roosevelt, out everywhere you can listen to music. And I personally think you should listen to it, because Buddy be rapping his ass up. You can follow him on the socials at GFMCEO underscore Dutto. And that's D-U-T-T-O. If no one's told you already, let me be the first. At this very moment, you're already everything that you need to be. And I'm going to tell you, just like a Tribe Called Quest told me, stay based in them slates. And that means peace. See you later.